0: Amen. 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 Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to open up to the book of Acts chapter 2. This is going to be a launching point. This is not going to be a text that we're going to necessarily focus on today, but it's a launching point into what we're talking about today. And um, just so you know where we're at right now in our sermon series, um, we're in a series of kind of one-off sermons. So last week, Pastor Mike did a masterful job of speaking about thriving. Man, it was such a great word. If you get a chance to go back and listen to it, if you didn't hear it, I recommend that you do. Um, and this week, I'll, I'll tell you about next week, and then I'll tell you what this week is. Next week, you guys, you don't want to miss it, Pastor Brian Davis is going to be with us from Life Springs Church in Abbotsford. You guys, this guy is like a mentor to me. This is a guy that I I actually asked him and didn't think he would say like he would be able to do it because he's he's a lead pastor at a thriving church in Abbotsford. He says, no, Matt, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there. So Pastor Brian Davis is going to be with us. You don't want to miss that. This week, we are going to be speaking about the, the topic of Seeds of Revival. Seeds of Revival. And God is moving in the earth today. And and I want to talk to you a little bit about what what that means and also what that means to us today. And and we're talking about this idea of seeds of revival. And the the verse that we're going to be going to is Acts chapter 2, verse 17. If you want to turn there. And I'm going to read it to you right now. And this is what it says. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank You that Your Word is living and active, Lord God, that it is relevant to the things that we face today. God, thank You that Your Word has something to speak to us and deposit in us today. And Father, we come ready to receive Your Word, ready to receive what You want to do, God, and what You want to say to us, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that You would plant a seed deep in our hearts today, Lord God, that would reverberate within us, Lord God. We pray that today, Lord Jesus, our minds and our hearts would be open to receive from You what You want to do, God. We love you, and we glorify you, and we magnify you. I get out of the way, and I say, do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Well, earlier this week, Tanya and I had the rare opportunity to do something that we love to do, but just can't seem to often find the time to do, and that is, we went on a date. Thank you, thank you. It was wonderful. It was amazing. In fact, we, I don't know why we don't do it more often. I mean, our kids are now at the stage where we don't need to get a babysitter anymore. I mean, this is amazing. I've got a 15-year-old, I've got a 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old who rock at taking responsibility and being by themselves. And so, we decided that on Monday, we were going to set the time aside. We scheduled it. We put it into our day timer. We said, this is what we're going to do. We told all the kids, this is what's going to happen. We got them an early dinner and then Tanya, I, I went and actually took my car, guys. I took my car to the gas station and I vacuumed it. Because that's what you do when you got a hot date, you know. And I vacuumed it and I went and I cleaned it all out and I made sure it smelled nice in there. and didn't smell like me, you know, kind of turned the windows down a little bit. And I made it smell really nice in there and I got it all ready. And then, and then, and then we got, I got home and we got dressed up into some nice clothes. And we, we got in the car and we drove out and we went to a movie which we have not done forever. And we took a a little card. that We haven't used this card. I think Tanya got it for a gift like two years ago. And we didn't even know if it would work. And it worked. And we got a free movie, praise Jesus. And we got to go see this incredible movie called The Jesus Revolution. How many people have seen that movie? And so we went into this movie, The Jesus Revolution, and I'm going to be honest with you, the first scene... It was like the waterworks started. <laughs> the first scene is a bunch of young people running up a hill towards a beach where people are being baptized. And I just started bawling and just started praying out, God, let that happen here. God, here now, Lord. Now, Lord. Now, Lord. For those of you who have not seen it, the movie, The Jesus Revolution, um, there was a synopsis that I pulled off of a, a, a website online. So I'm going to read it to you and I'm going to kind of give you a, a, a kind of a breakdown of what this movie about. But it's about in the 1970s, Greg Laurie and a sea of young people descend on sunny Southern California to redefine truth through all means of liberation. Inadvertently, Lori meets a charismatic street preacher and a pastor who opens the door to a church to a stream of wandering youth. What unfolds is a counterculture movement that becomes the greatest spiritual awakening in American history. So the event happened in the early 1970s, late 1960s. It was during the hippie movement where there was young people that had left their homes and kind of were, were rejecting society in search of meaning and truth in life. And they tried everything to try and find it. They tried it through sex and drugs and rock and roll. They tried it through any means that they could to try and find truth. And there was a group of young people who had an encounter with the truth, and his name is Jesus. And they encountered Jesus and and they began to turn to Him in droves. They began to realize that what they had been searching for all along, the longing that had been in their heart was not another drug. and was not some some new experience, but it was actually a person who is ancient and who is true and who is here today. And His name is Jesus. And they began to turn to Him in droves. And and one of the beginnings of this this movement, one of the things that happened in this movement is, is in this church, In California, called Calvary Chapel, this pastor opened up his doors to the hippies and let them come in. And they began to see a massive revival take place. A revival that was marked by multiple salvations. A a revival that was marked by baptisms. A revival that was marked by healings and words of knowledge and deliverance. And this movement began to percolate and grow within this place. And it actually blew up and spread all across the nation. In fact, church... We are recipients and beneficiaries of that movement because back in the 1960s and 70s, the pastor at the time, Vern Wilson, opened up the doors, I believe right across the street, to the hippies that were on the beach and they came in in droves into the church and were saved and were radically saved and had their lives turned around. And part of the reason that we're here today is because of that movement. We are the, the the fruit of that movement in many ways, and we are here today because of it. And as I began to, as I left the movie theater, and I was praying, and I was, God, God, what are you doing, God? What can you can you do that again, God? Can we see that again? Can we see that move happen on the earth again? I began to realize that God is moving even now throughout the world. I don't know if you're aware of it, but starting back in February the eighth of twenty twenty three, there was a, a move of God that began on a campus down in Kentucky. They call it the Asbury renewal or Asbury revival. And in Asbury University, it's a private Christian liberal university of arts affiliated with the Wesleyan holiness movement. Uh, There's a chapel attendance. It's actually mandatory for the students on certain weekdays. On, On Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023, a handful of students remained in the chapel following a regular scheduled service. Student body president, Allison uh, Perfader was one of them. In an interview uh, with the newspaper, she said it was after, uh, after a fellow student decided to openly confess some of his sins to a small group that the atmosphere changed. According to Perfader, is this is what she said, there should be a quote up there, for seemingly no reason at first, on Wednesday, February the 8th, it didn't end. That's uh, kind of the logistical side of what's been going on. On the deeper side of things, What's been happening here since Wednesday is there's a young army of believers who are rising to claim Christianity, the faith, as their own. As a young generation and as a free generation, and that's why people cannot get enough. Come on, church. God is moving in the earth. God is moving in the world. And there is a move of God that is coming, and it's been prophesied to come even to Canada, even to this region. And the question is, could we be a part of it? Not for us, but for his glory. Not for us, but his glory. There was another man that went to, to view this. A lot of skeptics, of course, have come out of the woodwork to, to put their, their stamp on what's been going on. And, and they've been going to try and see if they can experience it for themselves. And there's one of these men that was not a skeptic. Um, his name was, was John Paul. Um, and he went to this campus as well. And he said this. He said, it's legit. It's legit. Gen Z write-offs are graciously allowing us to peek into this surprising work of God as they serve us like priests, unconsciously dragging us into the presence of the Lord through young, redeemed, romantic hearts for God. Christ is being honored. God is being glorified. The Spirit is at liberty. The real, awkward, cringeworthy gawkers are the over 40s like myself who can't put down their phones. Gen Z have left theirs at home. Come on. Come on, could we see it? Could we see God move in this way? And here's what I love about this move, is it didn't happen because of some sensational thing. It didn't happen because they had all the lights and the smoke and, and they had the electric guitars blaring and they had all this stuff going on. But it happened because God chose to move sovereignly in a generation. And a generation caught a glimpse of the goodness and greatness of God. And they said, we can't get enough. And we won't get enough. And we will be passionate for the presence of God. You know, similarly to this, this revival that's breaking out, one of the things that was interesting, by the way, about that Jesus People Revolution movement that happened in the 1970s is there are testimonies that have come back from that era of God spontaneously breaking out in various areas. Pastor Mike tells a story about being a young man and remembering that there was a guy that was, a, um, was hooked on LSD, and he was a, a local hooligan, if you will, And he stumbled into, in his search for truth, stumbled into the Christian bookstore and found a Bible and began to read it. And there in that place, he gave his life to Christ and became the leader of the revival in the area. This happened spontaneously as God was moving in California. And as we've said before, he began to move here in Canada and in White Rock. God began to do it all around the world at the very same time. And we're seeing this same thing happen right now. As God is moving in Asbury, he is moving around the world at the same time. There is a move of God that is happening. Kentucky inspired similar movements in other colleges and Christian campuses with around-the-clock prayer services. There's similar revivals that have emerged at schools like Cedarville University in Ohio, Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, Lee University in Cleveland, in Tennessee, uh, Belmont University in Nashville. There's reports of God moving at Texas A&M in Corpus Christi, uh, Texas. Highland College in Alabama. There's a high school in Washington State that has been praying and seeking God and there's a revival breaking out there. There's a middle school in Tennessee where the students would not go back to their class because they were hungry for the presence of God. God is moving in this time. Could it happen here? Could it happen here? So when we speak about the the subject revival, we obviously need to define it. And I have two definitions here. What I did is I found uh, two scholars that have put out their definition of revival. I'm going to read those to you. The first one is Henry Blackaby. He says this, Revival is when God's people return to God and God returns to them and everyone sees the difference. And if we want more of a robust theological definition, J.I. Packer, the, the local theologian, wrote this, Revival is the visitation of God which brings to life Christians who have been sleeping and restores a deep sense of God's near presence and holiness. Thence springs a vivid sense of sin and a profound exercise of heart in repentance, praise, and love with evangelical, listic outflow. J.I. Packer. Revival, the move of God, not dependent upon us but upon Him, We are simply the vessels, we are simply those that receive, and we are simply those that act according to the anointing that God gives us, revival. So here's what I want to do today, is I want to give you five thoughts about revival. I'm going to leave these with you today, call them seeds, if you will, about revival, things that God has been speaking to me about as I've been praying about this subject, and I want to leave these with you today as something to think about, something to take home, and something to pursue. All right, you with me? Okay, here we go. Number one. This is the number one thought about revival. Revival does not fit into our convenient plans. Here's the thing about revival. Hebrews chapter 12, 28 and 29 says this, Therefore, since we are re- receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Here's what I want to say about that. God is a consuming fire, not necessarily a convenient one. He is a consuming fire, not necessarily a convenient one. Notice how it it, 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 it calls God, it declares Him to be a consuming fire. It defines Him that way. And if we're to think about this idea of a consuming fire versus a convenient fire, I think we can all understand what a convenient fire is. A convenient fire is a fireplace. In our modern homes, they're often, you know, uh, fueled by gas. So what do we do? We walk up to the fireplace, Ooh, it's cold inside. I think I need a fire right now. Click. Oh. <sighs> convenient. Right? That's that's the picture of a convenient fire. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. What is a consuming fire? A forest fire. Convenient? Consuming? Do you see the difference? God is not a convenient fire. He is a consuming fire. And that means that God can do whatever he wants to do. He's not relying upon us to to try and figure all these things out. God can do whatever He wants to do and it doesn't necessarily fit into our plans or our way of thinking. God has the power to move in any way He wants to. And our responsibility is to steward that, to go after it, to pursue it, to be passionate for it, and to see God move. Church, would we see God move in this day? He's a consuming fire. Here's the second thing. Number two. God is always doing a new thing. Come on, how powerful was that word this morning from our brother Graham. Come on, I'm doing a new thing. I believe that in Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So here he says this, he says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old, Behold, I will do a new thing. Here's the first thing I want to say about this verse, you guys. We cannot use the past as a reference point for the future. Look, what God did in the 1970s was amazing. What God is even doing in Asbury today is amazing, but God is always doing a new thing. Actually, you know what, some of you need that word for yourselves today. We cannot use the past as a reference point for the future that God has for us. Some of you need to leave that past behind you and you need to step into the future that God has for you. God is doing a new thing. Here's, here's the thing about a thing. Let me tell you about the thing, about the thing, because it's a thing. God is doing a new thing. A thing is something without a reference point. It's beyond what you have experienced. How you define a thing? You know, it's like, you know, telling Tanya, hey babe, you know, I went to this place today and there was this thing. She's like, what are you talking about? You, you know, like the thing? What was it? I, I don't know. It was a thing. That would be very frustrating to have a conversation like that, right? A thing is not something that you can define. It's something that you don't understand. It's something that God is doing. Not that we're doing. Our hope is in the living God and he is doing a new thing. A new thing. Here's the third thing about revival revival requires faith like a child. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. There is a faith that God requires of us that is much like a little child. And here, here's the thing about a little child. A little child is completely dependent upon that, the one that is taking care of them. A little child has to rely upon somebody else for most things in life. What they're going to wear that day, what they're going to eat, whether they're going to get a nap, or whether they're going to sleep properly. A little child is reliant upon their caregiver, and here's the second thing about a little child, a little child doesn't understand limitations. They have a great imagination. Johnny, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an astronaut. You Do that, man. You do that. I remember they asked my daughter that question. She was in preschool, and it was her preschool grad, and they said, Ashlyn, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she looked up with all sincerity and said, when I grow up, I want to be Elsa from Frozen. And she meant it with all of her heart. And she believed it. See, a little child doesn't understand limitations because the world is just a place of possibilities. The world surrounding them is a place where anything is possible. I can fly today. I can be a superhero. I can, I can do anything. Can we have that type of faith that is reliant on Him that releases our worries and cares and fears to the Lord, and then says, okay, I serve a God who can do the impossible. So let's go. Let's go. Let's see the move of God. A childlike faith. Number four. Here's, this, here's the thing. When we talk about a childlike faith, and we talk about God doing the impossible, and Him doing whatever He wants to do, that's, that's what we believe, and we, we trust in that. But for us to simply just lean on that, that's, that's called faith. Okay, that's believing and agreeing with God. But we also have to have another side of that, which is wisdom. And there's always a balancing act between faith and wisdom. And here's another thing about revival is sustaining revival requires a firm foundation built on the Word of God. A firm foundation built on the Word of God. So unless you think that today I'm talking about, hey guys, we just need to do anything. Let's just do anything. Whatever you feel like, you know, come on, let's just... No, 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 not just anything. It has to line up and be built upon the, 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 the entire and complete and wonderful and strong Word of God. Our foundation is in the Word of God. First Peter 1, and 25 says, As the Scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Charles Spurgeon says, if we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the word of God. Come on. We need to get hungry for His word. We need to get hungry to understand, God, who are you and and what are you doing in the world today? God, where where am I going to see you? How are we going to recognize Him unless we know the word? How are we going to see Him moving unless we know the God of the Bible? Because church, the God that is moving today and the God that brings revival is the God of the Bible. He is the God who has done it before and He can do it again. And He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. And number five, sustaining revival requires a passion for prayer. A passion for prayer. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Come on now, don't shut me down. We need to be a people of prayer. Watchman Nee says, our prayers lay the track down which God's power can come. Like a mighty locomotive, His power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without rails. We need to pray and believe God. We need to pray like we've never prayed before. Leonard Ravenhill says, Surely revival delays because prayer decays. That's a good one. Jim Simba says, Prayer begets revival, which begets more prayer. Church, would we see the move of God in our church? By the way, would we see the move of God in the church of White Rock? Oh, by the way, would we see the move of God in the church of the Fraser Valley? Oh, by the way, would we see the move of God throughout British Columbia? And then would we see the move of God reverberating across this great nation? And would we see the move of God moving around the earth? Because let me tell you, mark my words, this is not about us. It's about His glory. It's about His kingdom. And it's about His power. We would see that. Amen. Amen. And amen. So in conclusion, church, we want to be a people who are in pursuit of His presence. We want to be a people who humbly seek the face of God for his power. That God would shake us up from our complacency and our religion. And that God would do a deep work in us. That he would indeed light our hearts on fire. Amen. Amen. Now, in response to this this morning, um, Tanya's going to be up on the piano. And we, we would, we would like, to, we'd like to worship in response to this this morning. Tom. When
1: we hear these stories, when we hear the stories of what's going on, sorry, it's, oh, there we go. When we hear the stories of what's going on in America right now, when we watch, for those of us who have seen the movie, and I was so blown away of what, of the move of God that happened. I was aware of it. I had heard of it. The movie was just a really beautiful depiction of it. You could see it. You could feel it, um, because movies do that. And then, you know, you can get on YouTube, and you can watch what's going on in Asbury right now. Matt and I went to see if Still live streaming right now and it was last night still live streaming prayer and worship and um i want it it, it creates a hunger and it a, a hunger stirs so deep in my soul when i was watching that movie i'm like because we get to experience god's power daily here weekly we get to experience that i more i hunger for more i desire for more and I believe strongly that God is moving. There's no denying that in our land, in our nation. And it requires humility. I've read a lot of articles of people talking about what's going on in Asbury and what marked it. Matt referred to this. It was not this amazing show or amazing talent or amazing preaching. It was repentance and humility. And coming before the Lord broken, and we need to make space and room for Him in our lives. How how often are we just too busy, too distracted? Maybe it's not even busy. Maybe it's just we're distracting ourselves with other things that we don't have time to pursue Him like He desires to be pursued to spend the time with him that takes us a little past our comfort zone and even becomes a little bit uncomfortable. There was a lot of discomfort that happened in that movie. I don't know how many of you watched it, but it was so many uncomfortable things. You know why it was so uncomfortable when the revival came? It was uncomfortable for the Christians. It was not uncomfortable for the hippies. It was not uncomfortable for the non-Christians. It was uncomfortable for all of people like us because we got so comfortable, we get so used to well this is what worship looks like and this is what sunday morning looks like and this is what life groups look like in the week and by the way those are all amazing things obviously we are running them and we are for them but if they become a security and something that we just lean into and we don't want to be open and to make space for god to breathe and do something different then woe to us If we just want our songs and our tidy sermon, which are all good things, because God moves every Sunday here, and I'm so grateful for that, behold, he's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing, and we want to be a church that makes room. And Matt and I were talking and praying about today, and and this song, just this is a new song that we're singing as a church, and it just is the heart's cry, our heart's cry, and we want it to be our church's heart, our church's heart's cry. We want to make room for whatever God wants to do, whatever he wants to do, however he wants to move, wherever he wants us to go. We want to be a people that are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And in the bridge, it says, shake up the ground of all my tradition. That's the comfort I'm talking about. I want God to shake it up in me. Break down the walls of all my religion. I don't even mean for it to be religion because I have a very alive and passionate relationship with the Lord. But sometimes we get comfortable in what we think things should look like. That's me. That's you. It's all of us shake up the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion, because your way is better, and it's a new thing, and we want to make room for God, whatever that looks like, it's based on the word of God, we need to be in our word, so we know, and we need to be listening, and in our prayer. Closets. We need to be in our prayer times at home so we're hearing the spirit moving. It's a call to us. Can you all stand? And in and in response, we just want to sing this song as our prayer, believing that we know it's your prayer too. We want to make room for God to do whatever He wants to do in life, church. We want to make room. For God to do whatever He wants to do in White Rock, BC, in Canada. We want to make room for God to do whatever He wants to do in our families, in our hearts, in our marriages, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools. You guys, this is big. We want to make room for God to do whatever He wants to do. So, Lord, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves, and God, we hear of what you're doing, we can see what you're doing, we know the stories of of the past of what you have done, the great revivals of old, that you have moved, it's so powerful, it's so wonderful, it excites me to read about it, to watch about it, but Lord, we want you to move in us, we want a greater revelation of you are we want to be hungry and and thirsty for more of you Lord Jesus an all consuming fire be lit in our hearts Lord Jesus that breaks down our comfort zones and breaks down the walls of our tradition and our religion and the way we think that things should look more of you open to what you want to do Lord Jesus
2: I will make you for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, yes, and I will make you for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, yes, and I will make To do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, yes. And I will make room for you, to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. For my tradition, break down the world. For my religion, your way is better. Your way is better. Shake up the ground for my tradition, break down the world. For my tradition, your way is better. Is better, your way is better, and I will make room for you Jesus to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, yes, and I will make do whatever you want to, yes, and we will make room for you, to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, we will make room, we will make room for you, to do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want.
0: respond to you this morning we say come have your way come move in us Lord Jesus we are your vessels and do a new thing come consuming fire and consume us burn away all the dross all the things that are impurities that might try to Lord God get in the way of what you want to do and help us to set our minds on you Father I pray that we would take this throughout our week God, that we would walk in this, Lord Jesus, in awareness of your presence, in awareness of your moving, Lord God. We pray that our hearts would be set on you, Lord Jesus, and that we would see you everywhere, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, for divine appointments. Father, we pray, Lord God, for freedom, Lord God, for surprises this week, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that will bring life and bring joy and bring peace. And We pray for opportunities to share that joy and life and peace with others. We pray that you would make us carriers of your kingdom. Father, we love you, we glorify you, and we magnify you. And we pray for everybody under the sound of my voice today, Lord God. We pray a blessing upon each one. We pray your anointing upon each one. We pray your grace upon each one. Lord God, let the eyes of our heart be enlightened that we would know what is the hope of our calling. What are the riches of the inheritance of the saints? Father God, let us walk in that this week. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' mighty name.